Imagine a football platform where the world's best writers give you the real story about what's going on at United. Imagine no pop-up ads, no clickbait headlines and no ridiculous rumours to be let down by anymore. You don't have to imagine anymore. Meet The Athletic. No ads, no nonsense, just football. Visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash United We Stand to start your 30-day free trial and get 50% off your annual subscription. The Athletic, the new home of football. Welcome to Let's United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm just walking up to the stadium of Den Haag. I'm in The Hague, which is Den Haag, which is the third biggest city in, in Holland. It's a, it's a seat of the, the, the war tribunals. It's a seat of the Dutch judicial system. And the game has been switched to here against AZ because uh, they play in Alkmaar in the stadium. The roof was blown off the, the roof of the stadium, so um, so this is like 40 minutes away. It's on the other side of Amsterdam from uh, Alkmaar, and the ground holds about 20,000. I remember reading about Den Haag's ground in the 80s. They built a really modern ground because they had a real hooligan problem, and uh, they installed um, the type of uh, turnstiles where you needed to swipe a card, which at the time was revolutionary and the, the hooligans ruined them by putting sand into them uh, there's a big line of police fans in front of me now and I'm with uh, a friend of mine Imre who's from uh, he's from Amsterdam and he's a big Manchester United fan and he takes his flag Ajax Manchester United to a lot of games and that's done for years and years and years and he helped me when I wrote a big article on Feyenoord against against Ajax. Imre, uh, tell us about um, Den Haag, the, the city, the standing as a football town in, in Holland. Well, I mean, they're not really big um, history-wise as a football club uh, based on trophies, but they've always had a big um, reputation for the fans. Um, Hooligans in the 80s, I once read. Yeah, yeah. it's going back to, say, midway to the 80s to, uh, till today. Um, which means that Ajax have been banned on uh, travelling here for uh, the past 10 years. Um, Ajax are playing here on Sunday, uh, no fans allowed. Uh, can away fans get around that or is it really difficult no, to? No, it's, it's, it's virtually impossible. You, you can by ones or twos and people do that, but you cannot cheer your own team because you'll be probably be booted out of the ground by, uh, by the own fans and that goes for uh, both their fans and ours. So there's no away fans in Holland? Uh, no, or there's not it? for the, the Ajax games, right. there's not for the final Ajax games, and uh, the other ones, it's, it's all right. Because when I came to Ajax with you, yeah. uh, the Feyenoord fans, they came in on a train which was yeah. deliberately slowed down so that it yeah. took three hours rather than one, yeah. and they uh, put the heat up to make the fans drowsy, yeah. and I wrote a book on Derby games, and I don't think I saw the 26 games I went to, one with a security operation as, as big as that one yeah. I counted seven lines of police at one point yeah. so it was like private security police police on horses robocop police vans dogs. water cannons dogs yeah well and even that that was one of the last games uh, the, the game you were at was one of the last games where uh, where final fans were allowing Amsterdam and the other way around and it's just that every small 
um, incident now, and there's always a small incident. It happens at United Liverpool, it happens at United City. Um, it's enough for, for the council to say, right, we're not having it, and we, we're not allowing any fans, uh, away fans. And um, Ajax have been saying for a few seasons, right, we want the Haag fans and uh, final fans to come back to, uh, to Amsterdam. But uh, the Rotterdam Council and the Hague Council won't have it. And what's strange that last year a demonstration of Ajax fans was allowed in the Hague on the, on the day of the game. There was a maximum of 300 fans allowed to, to, to demonstrate against the, uh, the ban, which took a massive amount of police. And to, uh, on Sunday, the Ajax fans are going to demonstrate against uh, Ajax fans being here or to, to say, right, bring back the away fans because it contributes to the atmosphere and... If you allow a demonstration with so much police, well, you might as well bring, what is it, 500 away fans, because the away end is tiny here. Uh, you might as well bring 500 away fans here. So it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's to make a statement, really. What's AZ standing in Dutch football like? I read a lot about them when Van Gaal took them to, to the title. Small town team? Small town team. They were big in the, um, in the late 70s, early 80s, when they played Ipswich for the UEFA Cup. Um, they were, took two Dutch players, didn't they? Franz Tyson and Arnold Arno Muren. Muren. Yeah, they're still legends over there. And uh, then Vergal took him back up. They won the league. Um, and since then, uh, well, they, they've been, um, you know, they've been all right in the sub tops. So, so playing for fifth, sixth, seventh place. And uh, I mean, no one fancies playing there because uh, their ground, which, you know, we cannot play at now, it's the most windy ground in Holland. So everyone hates playing there. Um, they always got a tough so that, team to that's beat. That's why the roof blew off the stand. Well, <laughs> it probably didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, no one likes playing that. Uh, they don't have a big football tradition fan-wise. Um, you see it today. They're not even selling out this game, which is quite mad, because United are only allowed to bring, what is it, 700, uh, which could have been 5,000, because AZ are not selling out. So they're not a big, uh, you know, a Welsh support team, but football-wise, they play really attractive football they do tell me about your support for United well that's been grew up in Amsterdam grew up in Amsterdam and um, I, I was a member of the Ajax Sports Club and uh, the only other scarf than uh, than Ajax you could buy from the Sports Club was the United one and um, when you see pictures of the F side in the late 70s early 80s you always see well about five or six United scarves in there so from there I always thought well there's a connection there and uh, I took it over and you know back then there were not there were not a lot of uh, games on the telly so you had to do with the uh, the ones on the BBC which was usually FA Cup which was always United's finest so uh, even though uh, Liverpool were reigning uh, English football back then it was United that stuck out and it was mainly for the crowds um, I remember games at Bromo Lane um, City ground you, just entire ends of red, uh, you know, red, white and black. How many times have you been over to Manchester? Oh, God. Manchester? I haven't got played. <laughs> loads. I've seen loads. loads. Yeah, it, it, 150, 200. Wow. What's the Hague like as a city? What do you uh, call it? Denark. Denark, yeah. It, it's a mad city because um, part of it is posh, um, you know, with a lot of uh, people working for the Dutch government. And the other uh, side is really uh, working class. So it's, it's a, a city of two extremes. And um, I, don't, I don't think there's any city alike, because most cities are either quite posh or quite working class. And this is just... So Rotterdam, Rotterdam would be working class? 
Yeah. And Amsterdam would be middle class. Well, with lots unfortunately, of today it's more and more posh because uh, we used to have a lot of council estates in Amsterdam, but, you know, the, the normal people are driven out of Amsterdam um, well, yeah, virtually by the day. This is one of the reasons the Cruyff Court started. He felt that the, the spaces he... Johan felt that the spaces he played in as a kid were disappearing and sold to real estate yeah. speculators and he wanted to do something about that. Well, uh, from that perspective, um, well, I, I'm not saying that. Well, it, it's good that he doesn't see the Amsterdam of today because it's getting worse by the by the day, really. Really? Yeah. Um, how is Daily Blind doing back at Ajax? Well, we saw him last night at Valencia and he's. I'm so glad he's back. Um, he's a solid defender. Um, he can play in midfield as well, but I prefer him in def- defence. And last night he was absolutely brilliant, so I'm glad he's back. And um, Edwin van der Sar is a popular figure? He is. Um, it took him a few years to, um, to get a proper... Um, um, to get a proper direction to where we were going, it was not really clear. But over the last three years, it, it's become clear. And with Overmars and, uh, and Van der Sar together, they've done a fantastic job. And, um, well, I, I don't hope he's going to United. But if he does, I do hope that United fans don't think it'll cut, the change will come overnight. It will take a few seasons uh, for something to build up. Uh, and I hope um, he stays at Ajax. If, he, if it's United, I hope he gets the time. How good was your run last year to the semi-final of the Champions League? I think it was at the only game you didn't go to, the one in Madrid, which yeah. was probably the best game of football I've seen this year. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm good that I wasn't there. But, but you uh, were. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, to miss that game it, it was mad. And, uh, well, obviously to miss out on the final the way we did. Yeah. To be so close for under in 20 minutes, because, you know, you can win or lose, that, that's obvious in football, but to be so close, to be in the final for under in 20 minutes, it's, uh, it's devastating. And the whole, the whole city of Amsterdam was absolutely shattered for weeks. Uh, I think some people have been properly traumatised, and, uh, well, it did traumatise me for one, but at least I was very, very happy by Munich uh, beat Tottenham the way they did on Tuesday. Finally, how are you feeling about United this season? <laughs> well, um, well let's just say um, last Monday wasn't too bad, so let's just stick to that and hope it grows from here. Thank you for your time. I've come out to close to where the United section is now and I've bumped into, well, there's loads of people who you see at all the games and um, one of the most recognisable is, is Callum, who was on the podcast a lot the pre-season last year we left you Callum um, you'd had 17 pints and you went to a house party in the San Francisco Bay Area and announced your arrival by barging through the fence and jumping in the swimming pool how's life been treating you since? I'll be honest not very well why what's gone on? so uh, well to be honest we did this pre-season that run ran pretty smoothly to right. be fair didn't okay. it? by all accounts uh, you've not got a ticket for tonight? We haven't got a ticket for tonight. We've played. The, we've tried the players' entrance. Been dragged out of there. We've uh, we've tried to be Andy Gray from BT, and that's not quite worked out either. Right. Uh, a couple of a couple of other entrances been knocked back. It's not working pretty well, to be honest. Why with you, can't you it? get a ticket? Because Manchester United decided to ban me when I. Uh, I tra- what they banned you for? Well, I was on my best birthday and I forgot to apply for say, at the end of that. Right. So, uh, completely forgot to apply. That doesn't mean you get full, banned. Full credits. 
So I uh, did a swap for two omens in St. Setia and I let two of their lot in right. our end. Right. They decided to have a scrap and got thrown out. Did they? In the middle of the stand. <laughs> Callum. So, uh, someone who should be on full credits is now sat outside. Yes, tell us this. <laughs> St. Etienne was 2017. <laughs> top, top secret. And, uh, no, I mean... Right, so you're looking out for a ticket, but the game's sold out. Well, we'll see about that, won't we? I hope you get in. No, we should do. Um, how are you feeling about United this year, Callum? Honestly, I can't see a way out of it at the moment. We've improved, we've bought players. Uh, Defence was supposed to look solid, but in terms of going forward, easy Arsenal on Monday night. We've just got no end maps. I've just absolutely no end products at all. Uh, but can, you, can you see us, in terms of this season, in, ter- in terms of progressing... I think at the moment there's injuries. I think the squad's very light. I think you've got to be uh, be patient. I, I can't see a solution in just sacking another manager. Uh, do I know whether Oli Gunnar's going to be the right man? No, I don't think anybody Sounds does. Sounds a daft comment. I actually asked someone in the pub a couple of days or a couple of weeks ago. I said if we'd kept Moyes and had a bit of stability at the club and actually had some sort of promise and hope in a manager and let him build and let him do his thing and let his coaches do the thing, would be would we be in a worse position now? Six years on, I honestly don't think we would be. Look at us now. We're mid-table, we're struggling to get I know we've got injuries. But would we really be in a worse position then? The stability, we've had five, man- well, four managers, yeah. six years. I, d- I don't think we would in answer to your question. Um, I, I know that David Moyes felt he deserved more time. It's not an opinion fans want to hear now. They, they're associating with a bad time at the club. Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho also felt that they deserved more time, although Mourinho had two and a half years and felt that it was probably right to sack him in the end. I've just been in uh, Christiansund, where Oli Gunnar's from, speaking to people who know him really well, and they could have pulled him at one side and said, he ain't a Man United manager, but they gave different examples of why he's a good manager and why he's mentally strong and why he's obsessed by tactics. It's hard to, to talk now when it's been so poor this season, when the team's only scoring one goal, one goal a game. But I still think we should should be patient. I think we're so easily swayed as well by social media fans. There's thousands and thousands of fans on Twitter. I'm no, not. no, not match going fans. But it seems like all the managers that have gone over the last what? So it's three managers in what five years? And I honestly think as soon as this bandwagon starts on social media, that it gets a wave and a push. And this is where this gets... Whereas those match-going fans, I think, honestly, I honestly believe, that's what I'm saying, in terms of long-standing managers, if we'd stayed behind one, I think we would have progressed so much more. I think they've been too easily persuaded. It takes a couple of months, a couple of bad results, and then they look at the board and then... The, the, the tide turns far too quickly. And I've written a few times, if you did listen to fans online, United did have no players left because they would have all been sold. And I can remember sticking up for the Mourinho right up until that Palace game, end of November last year, and got a lot of criticism for sticking up for him by, by saying uh, to, to give him time. And I'm now seeing the same people who were saying he's got to go, he's got to go. Said you look at us, Mourinho said one of his biggest ever achievements was finishing second with Manchester United. Yeah. And you know what? When you look at it and you look at the struggles we've had now and pre Mourinho as well, you look how well he did with the squad he actually had. Yeah. And we were so hard on him. And he's one of you. I know he's obviously not the 
friend of the friend, but he's won, do you know what I mean, a European competition with us. Granted, at, at home we were poor, weren't we? Yeah. Did we win one of those? I don't think we in won the, in one. The, in the Europa League? When we won that Europa League, I don't think we yeah, won one. I remember the Europe. nervy one was Celta at home in the semi-final. And the played, played, played really well away in um, Vigo. And then came back to Old Trafford, and people had booked flights. And <laughs> suddenly, they're like, shit, this is coming, this is coming on top here. Well, Vigo was great, and and I thought the team was onto something then. I thought it was a really. I remember talking to Sid Loder, journalist who covers Spanish football in Vigo, and he said Manchester United looked really powerful. It was a proper away performance. Yeah, it was. It was tight. It was secure. It was one now. And, uh, and it's going backwards. But he comes out to stability. Well, I, think, I think he should stay. But you know, people have different opinions, don't they? There's no reason. Again, a few bad results and people are on his back already. Yeah, I, know, I, know. I think he's a club legend, and if he did leave this club off a bad backing, yeah. then that's he's going to be he's going to be his name forever, and that's so wrong. Yeah, I know. I know. I think it's I an easy way out. I think employing him, I think, was a clever move because they wanted the fans backing off someone, didn't they? Yeah, and yeah. they wanted a club legend, they wanted someone to get behind for a change. But now look at me, he's took a few bad results in the new season. Yeah. And a club legend of years is going to be destroyed off a few oh, matches. And it's not fair, it's what not you, right. What's your name? Reese. What do you think, Reese? United at the moment? Uh, I you... feel like we're, we're in a bad time. Yeah, I know. And I feel like Solskjaer's getting the longest out of effort it should. I feel like if you brought David Moyes in now, he'd get the same time as Solskjaer would. And I don't think either deserves that. We've had, we've had Mourinho and Van Gaal, and none of them deserve what, what Solskjaer's going to get now. But they did deserve what Solskjaer's going to get now. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Would you stick with him? With Ole Gunnar? No. I'm knowing, yes, as a club, we need to stick with somebody. My only thing is... We need to stick with somebody. My only thing is, who do we go for now? Yes. I feel that's like the, only person, the only person you might get is Allegri, and I feel in six months' time you might say Allegri's shit. Yeah. So it's this same cycle of change. I feel like, change, I feel change. like we're going to struggle for the next five years. We're in trouble, aren't we? We're in trouble. We've got to accept that. We're not going to get a Guardiola. Our order. biggest problem We're not going to get a clock. So who's the next one? Our biggest problem now is City or Liverpool. That's our biggest problem. Do you know what I mean? Who do you side in? Who, who? Both, oh, it's, both moment, isn't it? it's like the perfect storm. That's, that's all it's, it's about. Yeah. Liverpool yeah. six years ago. Yeah. When they signed Pulisic, they signed Carroll, yeah. they signed all that. We ain't signing that shit. Yeah. We, the manager, Solskjaer. No matter what you say about him, he's always going to be the. Oh, he's always going to be a legend. He's got the biggest he's, goal he's, in Man United's history. Yeah. But he's, he's a legend as a player rather than a manager. Rather than a manager. If he didn't score that goal in '99, he would, would not be Manchester United. I, I feel today. like I feel like if you're being honest. If you're being honest, then he was a United fan. There's what? There's 12 Premier League managers that were a better manager than Solskjaer. As a manager, if yeah. Solskjaer had played for West Brom or whatever all his life, he wouldn't be a Man United manager. No way. Well, what would be success this season then, given how bad success. it is now? Success this season, realistically. Top four's out the window now. Yeah, I feel like any European competition. Leicester have got a good setup. Yeah, I feel like we get Champions League football next year, then we've overachieved. Where are you from, you lot? Manchester. Where about? Hold I know your brother. 
Which one? Sam. Sambo. I know Sam. Jesus. I don't say anything about him. To be fair, he'd get United's team now. He was a good player at 14. He was only. So was Az. He played for Starlight. He played for Starlight. He was, well, he was a professional, wasn't he? He went to United. He coming for money with him at County. And County won't let him go. County wanted £70,000 for my little spirit of a fucking brother. Because I never said anything about him. And he went on trial to United. And two of the coaches rang me up and said, why have you not told us about him but I think that was his high point he's always had a bad attitude though he's had a t- t- I can't, can't <laughs> slander my brother on it yeah I mean he did his cruciate ligament yeah, in his yeah. first week as a professional and it, and it did it unfortunately he never ever got over that and you know sympathetic towards him um, for that um, how old are you lads same age and what, what's your highlight been following United in recent years. Paris, Paris was, Paris. was fucking brilliant. Paris, Paris is the closest one. Last night of the year, that, wasn't it? Paris was amazing. Was it? Like, I feel Amazing. like we were pissed before Paris, and afterwards we were sober because of the emotions. The emotions got too much. Like, he's, ring, he, he's ringing us saying, I'm just going to smack that outside the pub in Paris, and we're like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and he's our best mate. Yeah, yeah. Because of the result. I came out of the ground, got some guy from Paris hit me. He said, you, Manchester, I said. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Someone just went bang. And it was like it didn't matter because we, we, we were that good. We just, we just overturned the, the, the most ridiculous comeback in, uh, in my up. life. Does I know we did, like, did 99. Yeah. I was, I was, I was fine. I feel oh, like Paris the, was brilliant. I was in Moscow. I've been, I've been three European Cup finals. But Paris for me was like... My, my opinion on it is that these two agree is I feel like the time that United were amazing compared to now is... I feel like I was. I should have been that age when United were amazing. That's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I can't enjoy it as much yeah. now because we're struggling. So yeah. it's now six years. So you lads were still teenagers when they were like Moscow. We, Moscow, right. we were still 19, what? Yeah. yeah. Right. No, no, we were younger in school and and it yeah. just. So you, yeah. In yeah, Moscow, I was thirteen. Right. Um, me you and my cousin. Trip, me and my cousin were on the ship to Moscow. He has a lion. He has a lion Granada TV or something. Saying he was like twelve. He, oh, it's like you come um, to out, Mark. Yeah, I think you got here. How you got here on this trip? How? Yeah. We've, we've flew got to a coach. We got a train and a coach to Liverpool. Yeah. Flew to Amsterdam. We're staying in Amsterdam and then we're here for one night. You're in Amsterdam tonight. Yeah. You're there tonight. Of course we are. Come and meet you for a pint later. I won't drink a quarter of as much as my little brother drinks. I'm telling you. <laughs> I spoke to him at the weekend. He said, "Been on it till five in the morning." Was he away, was he away last weekend? Was his bird? It was his bird. Yeah, No, not like no, certainly not like I was. My other little brother, who's thirteen, we seen him in Paris, didn't we? He loves it. He goes. He's got a Newcastle at the weekend. He loves it. But the, the two, like the, the footballers, they prefer to play. You know, so it's that's how it is. Right. Thanks for your time. Anyway. Just before we get in the ground, another young gentleman is uh, making his debut on the United We Stand podcast. You walk, you're walking around at the ground with um, a, plastic, a plastic bag full of uh, cans of Heineken. Have you got a ticket? I had a What's ticket. What's your name? My name's Josh. All right, Josh, where are you from? Uh, Simply. Right. From Wilshire originally. Right. Residing Simply now. Right, OK. Up in the world. So you've had a ticket for tonight. <laughs> I had a ticket. Yeah. With two mates to do. Right. You come here, there's fucking always a goers around here. Right. So some guys come around, who's selling tickets, so I fuck it, you can have it. So you're giving your ticket I, I to someone you can else. Buy a ticket, yeah. How much for? Pay for it, 45 quid. OK. So you've given your ticket away for face and you've invested some of that in cans. No, no, I had the cans, cans anyway. anyway. <laughs> I had the cans anyway, mate. Uh, so, the cans so you can mine. stay outside the ground with your mate? Yeah, where, no. Where, when did you um, come from Manchester? How have you got here? Flew this morning to Amsterdam. Right. Train. 
And Trade where, to the Hague. Where are you staying tonight? Uh, Amsterdam. Right. Might so, see you there for a pint after the game. I hope I do, Andy. Once I've got Honestly, my work done. <laughs> um, how are you feeling about United this season? Poor. Yeah. But not much I expected. You go to a lot of the matches? Yeah, go every game. Season ticket holder. Yeah. But it's what I expect this, this season. But patience or change? I'm not or... patient. I'm just... It's what it's what's happened, isn't it? You just expect it now. Right. That's the. I just think we're at that level now where we're not that we're not good enough anymore. How sad? It's sad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I back the lads, but you go into every game excited, but we're not. You know, after Chelsea, you thought, yeah, there's something happening. After that, you just realization sets in. We're not good enough anymore. What did he need to do? Invest. Invest in the squad. Are you going to do it though? That's the question. I think they've, they've, they've got to. I think they've got to have a two or three pronged approach where develop the young players, bring them through. Oh, that's very right. difficult. I mean, I've just done a piece with Nicky Butt and talking about it's very difficult when you're a young lad to go into a struggling team. They went into a world class team. Them. Oh, yeah. The, the, this team is anything but world class. Solskjaer's brought in three players. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, they've been through the best players this season. James, he's lit up the squad. He needs that again, though. He needs more players in January that's going to light up the team because he's stale. Where are you going to go during the game? Fuck those, wherever they're going to go. I might ask me. You should have tickets. It annoys me that you don't get tickets. I had it, mate, but... No, I know you did. No, but it annoys me that lads like yourselves who go everywhere have not got tickets and you've travelled to Holland. There's something not right about that. I know there's tickets tickets going anyway, but... Right. Well, good luck if you want to get one. Don't worry, mate. Well, there's a reason I'll get rid of it. Tell you what, AZ nil, Manchester United nil. Well, I expected one goal from Manchester United, but it's even worse tonight. 700 United fans, a lot of good fans outside the ground without tickets, which is very sad. Another disappointing performance. I'm with uh, Eric from... Rotterdam originally lives in Eindhoven now. He's been going to Manchester United games since when? For nearly one year? Yeah, about no, six months really. No, I reckon 40 years. You've seen him around the world. I last saw you on the pre-season tour. What did you make of that, Eric? Not good enough, not good enough. I mean, Aceth were the better team. And let's face it, Aceth are not even our finest team in Holland. I mean, it's, uh, it's not good enough from United. Aceth are the third best team in Holland at the moment, aren't they? They are, yes. Your, your loyalties, apart from United, lie with uh, Feyenoord. Where are they in the league? Oh, they're nowhere near AZ. <laughs> oh, they're nowhere near AZ, so let's not go there. But, I mean, I've got a lot of respect for the AZ team because they've got some very good young players yeah. coming through. Yeah. There's one or two that I would like to play for United, to be honest. It's quite interesting. I've just been in, in the north of Norway and there's a very, very good young wide man there. And United and City were both linked to him. And instead, he's chosen to go for £2.5 million to AZ. So they look at it as a step to play in Holland, establish yourself in Holland, and if you do well, people will pay good money to take you to the, to the Premier League. So to, to, to jump from Norway to England would be, would, would be a big one. Oh, but AZ are known for their uh, youth. Yeah. It's fantastic. They've, they've done really well the last 10 years, really, which is amazing, given all the... They, they had some financial issues with that owner, yeah. who was a bit of a crook. Um, and uh, they had the collapse with the stadium, so they've yeah. had all kinds of issues, but their youth system is fantastic. And I just wonder, if a team like AZ can do that, why can't United do it? Well, I, I've written a lot about the youth system. I, amid all the negatives surrounding United at the moment, I think the youth system is one of the bright. 
brighter parts. There are some good young players coming through. There's not great teams coming through, but some very good young players. But the mood will always be affected by how the first team do it. And it's terrible. Yeah, it's absolutely not good enough. And I agree that, I mean, Greenwood looks fantastic. Yeah. I, I mean, but this is my hope. Yeah. This is the only hope I have yeah. with the current United team. Greenwood yeah. and, and Garner. I mean, we're, we, we should be there fighting for the Champions League. We should be there fighting for the team. We're nowhere near. We're a shambles. What, what is the solution? As the fans emptied there, I heard a couple of glazer out murmurings and not really heard them at matches so far. Is that a problem? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, I don't think this, the problem is only what you see on the pitch. I think it runs down the whole club. And that starts with the owners. Uh, uh, there's no doubt that the owners are no good. So what's the solution with the owners? Well, What's the plan B? Yeah, I wouldn't well, like them. I, I never read a word of support for them in, in United We Stand. But where's your plan B? As long as they are the owners, I don't think there is a plan B. And I think that's the problem. And that's why we're going round in a circle and we're going nowhere. So you need someone to buy the club who can invest money into the club. But the club is so expensive because it makes so much money. Yeah, we lost the battle when they took over. I know, I know. We lost the battle when and, they took over. And a lot of good fans. And we lost a lot of good fans. And... And I think because Ferguson, being the master that he was, he, it, it didn't seem to affect him that much. And he managed to get the results, even though the regime had changed. And that's, that, that's what kind of misled a lot of fans, I think. The team have got the second biggest wage bill in world football. The Glazers have sanctioned some big signings. They've just squandered money. The recruitment has been pretty terrible. Yeah, well, that's not their fault. No, I agree, but I think you have to look at the whole system of yeah. the club. And I don't think you can expect... Maybe you can get the old result and maybe you can get the old cup in, but I don't think you can get structural uh, results if the structure of the club isn't right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I hate to say it, but look at Ajax. Yeah. I mean, their structure, funnily enough, their structure was under criticism badly but if you look at the long term the last yeah. 20-30 years they've always produced good players and that's because they, they had the right structure and AZ although maybe not in the, the 30 years we're comparing Ajax with but in the last 10 years they have had the structure right so they produced the young players they produced the results and I think the, I think we're probably only at the beginning of United's downfall to yeah. be honest because it's only the last 6 years that you've seen a seriously climbing results and since uh, the last year we won the league um, so, no one knows where this is going to go, but I don't see any, uh, any bright future for United at the moment. We spoke about Ajax and the, the job that Van der Sar has done. But I can remember going to the Bernabeu in March of this year, and some of the Dutch journalists saying to me, there are problems here. This is, and then he won that game, so it all changed uh, uh, again. Um, they've clearly brought loads of brilliant young players through, and they've put United to shame. Yeah, but they've always done that. Yeah. Ajax have always done that. I mean... Uh, Again, I hate to say it, but they have produced youth players because their system, and there's no, I don't think Van der Sar's got anything to do with it. I mean, uh, their, their, their structure through the years has been about producing young players. They've always managed to get the, the brightest, the youngest players. It, it's the structure of the, of the organisation. How is Yapstam doing at, at Rotterdam for well, Because he had a bad start, didn't he? Mixed, mixed feelings, I would say. Uh, already under all pressure, but Feyenoord are like United. It's a shambles. The whole structure of the club is wrong. And Feyenoord, are, there's so many similarities between United and Feyenoord. They've got the biggest fan base in the Netherlands. They've got the most fanatical support. But the structure is wrong, and that's why they will 
they, they've been struggling for many years. Yeah, you can. Every now and then they, they have a good season and they win the league. Um, and I think Jaap Stam did not quite realise what he was uh, getting into when he accepted the job. I mean, the guy who hired him left Feyenoord a, a couple of weeks after he joined. And I think that was a big surprise to him. Now, he's got um, a, a hell of a job in his hands. I think they won tonight, so that's a great result for them. And, uh, and I hope they can build on that. But I'm, I'm, like I'm not, I don't see a bright future for United. I don't see a bright future for Feyenoord either. No, I, that wasn't a great result for United tonight. But in isolation, fine. But since the start of the season now, since that I mean, Chelsea let's, let's game... Fight. We've played Astana, we won won 1-0, we've played AZ Ogman. I mean, this, we're Rochdale. not even in the Champions League. No. I don't, don't even mention Russia. We're in the, in the, in the UEFA League, or the, the Europa League, as it's called. At least two years ago, I thought United could win the Europa League. I don't think. I don't think. I think as soon as we come up against a good team, we're going to get absolutely. No, but I don't battered. think United are bothered about winning it. To be honest, they should be. They should I, I agree, they should be. But I, I don't think they. Uh, there's not the no, plan B be. this season no, to win the be. Europa League. They should be. It's well worth winning, just as it was in 2017, and I said that right from the start. But when I look at this team, I think if you come up against a good Spanish side, they're going to get absolutely battered at the moment. Although they do have injuries, to be fair to them. But we need there needs to be a massive, massive improvement. They're so sure. A club like United should never have the excuse of injuries. Never, 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 ever. We're too big for that, but unfortunately we're, we're struggling big, big time. Eric, I thank you for your time. And I'll see you... Again yeah. soon, no doubt. See so you in Belgrade. You go to Belgrade? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see you in Belgrade then. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be a good trip, that. I'm on the train now from Den Haag to Amsterdam, Zuid. I'm with Steve Bates, a Manchester lad, a United fan. Am I allowed to say you're a United fan? Why not? You're not denying people, it, are you? Know. From Wivenshaw? <laughs> well, went to school in Wivenshaw. Went to school in Wivenshaw. And, uh Ditchbury lad. lad. Oh, were you? Yeah. And then you're former head of the Football Writers Association. Yeah, yeah. four years, yeah. I, I was very proud when I saw you on that top table about four or five years yeah. ago. 2008 to 2012. Well, go on, I'd lad. Have, had a few United, uh, United players on the top table with me yeah. back in the day. Robin and Van Persie, yeah. Paul Scholes, Gary Neville. Yeah. And we're on the way now after watching a nil-nil draw. What was your, what was your thoughts about about it and where United are now? Listen, it's very easy, Andy, to, and we've had this conversation, very easy to criticise United at the minute. Um, they're, a, they're a sitting target and, you know, it's uh, it's like shooting fish in a barrel in, in terms of criticising them because you won't miss. But I, I think tonight, you know, you've got to cut them a little bit of slack. Everybody knows this is not the United, Manchester United that we are used to seeing and used to watching. The, the squad quality isn't there anymore. The bigger question is really not hammering the lads, these young lads that are in this team at the moment yeah. and the players that, that, that are around, around the edges and everything. It, it, it's really how has it got to this? That's the big question. Yeah. Why and how has it allowed to get to this point? Yeah. That's the bigger question. So leaving that aside, what positives can we draw from a nil-nil result on a plastic pitch in Altmar on a Thursday night? Well, very few probably, but uh, <laughs> United didn't lose. Um, kept a clean sheet. They kept a clean sheet. There was a bit of spirit and, and backbone in the team. They didn't fold. They didn't collapse. Fans were decent. The fans were good, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm struggling here. The lady's just walking past with, with a giant Toblerone. Toblerone bar, anyway, yeah. Um, so, listen, that, that we know there are big problems at the club. And, you know... So let's talk about them, then, some of the bigger picture. Is this with the... Is this Ed Woodward? Is this the Glazers? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think everything now... 
we've got to such a point where it, it's utterly pointless criticising individual players in the team. You know, you've got to look at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is that uh, how have United been allowed to uh, slide into this med- mediocrity, which they certainly have done. People will say it might have started in 2013 when Fergie left. Um, I think there's some merit to that argument. Um, people might say, OK, you won the league by 11 points that year, but that team was... Uh, the squad was not a strong squad. What gets me annoyed about that was at the time, and I like Alice Ferguson, don't get me wrong, you know, um, I've still got a good relationship with him to this day, but there was a time uh, around that you period. You've some of the Fergie stories first, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a time in that period where Alex was saying there's no, there's no, um, uh, value, in the there's no value in the market. And he was wrong. He was wrong because City signed Sergio Aguero, yeah, yeah. David Silva, Vincent yeah. Company. Yeah. Uh, Pablo Zabaleta. I mean, they made some good, good signings of players who gave testimonial-style service. Yeah, I remember uh, Kareem Benzema was a big mistake. He was going to come to United, yeah. and when he went above thirty million, Fergie decided that he wasn't worth more than thirty mm. million. But Fergie doesn't set the transfer market. No, thirty-eight million for Aguero. No, tra- no value in the market. How yeah. can you possibly say twenty-five for David Silva? Yeah. You know, they've, they've had the f- company. Eight million. Yeah. No value in the market. Of course, yeah. there was value. No, got it wrong. There was value in the market. And so it, some bad players as well. Yeah, it, it, yeah they did. And no, it, it, it wasn't good value. <laughs> well, that's a whole another website, that isn't it? <laughs> so it, it, you know, it, it it has stemmed from back then. But the the, the problems have have grown and grown and grown. Uh, we've changed managers. That's not worked. We've had some managers that got massive CVs. It's not worked. So we are where we are now. Where where. You have a situation with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They've decided to hand the reins to him. Um, and, and you simply cannot just, on the back of a poor start to a season, suddenly say, right, that's it, we've got to, we've got to sack Ole and, and, and go again with a different manager. Um, people at the moment are saying, ask, coming up to me and asking, I'm sure they're saying, you, are we getting Pochettino? Are we getting Pochettino? Is Allegri coming? Is Allegri coming? Well, I don't think these guys are coming, though. No, uh, I'm sure there will be, we've spoken about this, I'm sure there will be a tipping point with uh, Ollie and the club and, and you know how bad can it get before they would act. Yeah. They don't want to act, I'm absolutely... No, 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 they don't. Absolutely certain of that, they don't want to act. Um, but, you know, this isn't a healthy kind of environment for a, a group of young players, really, to be growing up on. And, and, and that is the thing, really, because I'm sure... You know, I'm positive United have got a, a very talented group of young players, but what a shame that... They're, they're being blooded in this environment of almost, you know, it's a fearful environment, isn't it? You know, and I think they're doing well enough as it is to kind of play their football without being absolutely smothered and swamped by the the negativity around the place at the moment. You cover City and Liverpool as well, don't do, you? Yeah, it's all rosy in those gardens. I don't check these days. No, it is. I mean, it, it, both it, of them. It is both of them, and and what gets me is. Um, you know the well-run clubs. They're running the the manner that United used to be running when you know you, you maybe had David Gill there, for instance, or before that Peter Kenyon. People who had kind of uh, a plan. I don't think United have got a plan. Has, has Ed Woodward got a plan? No. I think no. I think his plan is to make more money for, for the Glazer family, um, and they're super happy that they've just announced, you know, huge figures again. Um, you wrote the piece that he was bulletproof because he's yeah. bringing the money in, but if he's having any role in football decisions and they're failing, surely he must be culpable for that. You would think so. I mean, you would also think that why is United's search for a, fo- a director of football taken two years? 
I mean, that smacks a bit of negligence to me. You know, you, you can certainly find someone uh, to take that role uh, in, in two years. Um, so, are United serious about having a director of football? I'm not so sure they are. It looks to me like they're, they're kind of stepping back from that at the moment because their activity in the transfer market or their plan to go with younger players probably at the minute doesn't include a role for a, a technical director or a director of football. And that, that's what, when you've asked me about City and Liverpool, you look across the road at Manchester City and the way they run that football club, and it's absolutely on a different level, a different scale to Manchester United. you think Pep will be there in two years? No. No, I don't. No, I don't think he will. But, no. but listen, they... they, they Why not? Well, I, I think he, he'll be burnt out. Because I've, I've I've watched him, I've 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 sat with him, you know, after he's been at a game at a dinner last year, and the game was Southampton versus City at uh, the Etihad. They won six 0 I think, from memory. Yeah. It was a Sunday night. He came to collect an award, and he was utterly shattered. Mm. He, he 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 asked if we could curtail the dinner or bring his award mm. forward, mm. because he had to go. Mm. And that 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 was a manager who's just seen his team win six 0 So the amount of effort he puts into Every single training session, every single tactical meeting, every single match is just off the scale. So that's why he will be burnt out as he was burnt out at, at, at Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, and he was. I think Manchester as well, the city of Manchester, will not lead him to, no. to live long. Well, his wife's just left, hasn't she? She's yeah. gone back home yeah. for whatever reason. We don't know conflicting reports about why she's gone back and that she may come back. Who knows? Well, I, I um, paid for a football pitch in Barcelona last week and the lady who took my book in said, oh, uh, you're a football journalist. I went for dinner yesterday with um, the wife of, um, do you know Joseph Guardiola? So I just <laughs> thought, yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. Um, yeah, she's gone back to, um, to the city that she loves. Yeah, absolutely. Some people say that she's got some business interests there that need her yeah. attention in the city. That's, yeah. that's she does. fine. She has a, an upscale shop yeah. in a very nice part of, of, of Barcelona. Um, I mean, if, he, if he's going to move on, I think, and, and if things don't work out for Ole Gunnar, he should be looking at Manchester United because you know, it's a proper club, isn't it? Pep Guardiola there. There's your challenge, son. That'll burn you out. Listen, I think he's a great coach. You don't think he's a miracle worker. Um, and on that yeah, note, on that, on, on that, on that sad note. Listen, listen. Let, let's let's see let's see how this pans out with yeah. with, with Ollie, uh, this season if he lasts the season. Um, but we we simply just cannot keep changing the manager. No, I agree. Every and time, I've been writing that. Every We've got time, to be patient, this, and it's it? not pretty, and, yeah. it, and it's a big storm. Yeah. And but this is where we are at the moment. I know. This is where we are, I and um, I think it will only change once we get a change of leadership at the very very top. Yeah. And I mean above, was, above Oli. Um, but what, Ed or the Glazers? Both. But why are they going to sell an asset which is profit making? Who is going to buy it from them? And that is the that is the big problem for every should, every fan who's got Manchester United in his heart. Should never have been allowed to have happened. United don't need to be owned by someone else. They're, no. they're like Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah, they're, they're big enough as they are. Yeah. So then trace it back to 1991 when it went public because that allowed this to happen. Absolutely. It was unethical what they did, but yeah. it was legal. Yeah. And, you know, saddling the club with the debt that they have done and, you know, uh, seeing the club make huge amounts of money. Yeah. But really the club is going backwards, standing still at the very, yeah. very, very least. But in terms of the way City and Liverpool are building their future, United are going and backwards. Building, I've, been, I've written about the stadium more than anyone, about yeah. the, the oh. way that it's 
been allowed to fray. Decay. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Yeah. Right, anyway. On that happy note. On that happy note, we're coming into Amsterdam. Yeah. Like to say that we're going to have an all-night session indulging in the delights of Amsterdam. But neither of us are. You're staying in an airport hotel. Yeah. I'm absolutely up at half five in the morning. I'm going to have a lot. I'm going to have a bit of sleep. Mm. Um, you see, but, these these podcast listeners think this is a, a glamorous life we lead. It's a glamorous life. Yeah, it is not. We're in it's, an empty train. We're on an empty train at from Den Haag on a Thursday night. Where's the fun in that? Could get filled in as we walk <laughs> off the train. I've got to walk down the dam rack in a minute. You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we love it. Thanks yeah. for your time, we appreciate it. Cheers, and mate. the next podcast will be coming from uh, Newcastle United nil, Manchester United nil, which is on, on Sunday at St James's Park. Uh, we'll be working on the fanzine as well. The next one's coming out against oh, Liverpool, the European <laughs> champions. I know they're a good team. The one thing that pisses me off about them, and uh, you've got to be diplomatic as a journalist, yeah. and I know they've got some great fans. I know lads who've followed Liverpool and they're, they're very, very good football fans. But some of them... I saw this tweet in the summer when they played in the Super Cup final. Nobody does this like us. They'd organised a do, 2,000 of them. They'd had a, a party in, in Istanbul. Nobody, no, no other club on earth could do this. And I just thought, that is absolute bollocks. Mate, because their the, mantra is, this means more. This means more bollocks. This means bollocks. more. Bollocks. It's disrespectful to fans of every other football club. And if... Crew Alexander means more to you. Don't tell me as a Liverpool fan that your club means more to you. It's utter bollocks. You know, Boca Juniors fans, this means more to them. Why this air of superciliousness just because they've won? How many European got four or five, something like that? Anyway, United are going to beat Liverpool this year. You heard it here first. 94th minute goal. I've had enough. Good night.